Hey, what's going on, guys? It's episode nine of the Pokey Talk podcast, bringing you another episode this week. This week, we're having more Pokemon Go talk. If you're if you're sick of the Pokemon Go talk, hopefully this will be the majority of it for time to come, with a small exception of like Go Fest. Mm-hmm. But here again with Philip, what's going on, man? Hey, not too much. We've been uh, trying not to look at the Pokemon Go set, so our reaction that you hear is our live reaction to the sets. Obviously, we have seen a little bit. You know, we talked, we discussed a little bit, but the breadth of the set we have not seen, including the secret rares, which were just fully released two hours ago. Yep, two hours ago, as of recording this, um, seems to be always something released on Thursday morning, right? Um, so, or like Thursday day for Japan. So it's a good time to record on Thursdays. And yeah, we we have the full set pulled up. We're going to do a full review of the set and give you our firsthand experiences and, you know, tell you guys what we think about everything and how they could have done better or worse or if we like the event and all that. Pretty much everything with this Pokemon Go TCG collab. But uh, first off, for some news, we got some interesting numbers. We got a little article on Poke Beach. About Pokemon, you know, selling a record 9.1 billion cards in 2021. Yeah, I mean, you know, when people talk in like these type of numbers, it's really hard to like wrap your head around it. It's like, oh, wow, that's a that's a big number. But how much are they printing year to year? You know, there's a lot of other factors going in. And uh, we do have some of those other numbers actually from years past. Um, did you want to kind of touch on those? I know they have some data going back all the way to like 2004. Yeah. (laughs) The, uh, yeah. The pokey beach article in question does have a pretty descript, uh, count of cards printed. However, for the Pokemon company didn't keep concise records of cards printed until 2016. So what we have earlier than that are estimates and, I went straight to the very first estimate because I was just trying to find a baseline, right? Of like how much were printed by era or by every few years or, or whatever. Yeah. And so by 2010, 2010, we're talking about the first 15 years of the, the Pokemon TCG franchise. They had approximately over 14 billion cards printed. And in the past year, we had 9.1 billion cards printed. Yeah. To, put that in, to put that into perspective, In one year, they printed two-thirds of the total cards printed in the first 15 years of the franchise's existence. Yeah, and if we look at the other numbers they provided, and if we see similar growth or adjustment next year, you know, pretty much next year, it's looking like they're going to print as many cards as they did in the first, you know, 10-plus years of the entire hobby, which... It's just insane, especially when you think about, you know, how much Watsy and base set you tend to see out there. Yep. That is even more so the case for modern sets today. But I would even gauge that the amount printed this past year, I would be willing to bet, is more than the entirety of the Watsy era. Yeah, it's and yeah, just insane. And, 
And, you know, based on the cards that the number they've given us, I mean, we can't get an exact number for packs made, right? Uh, but just, I mean, assuming, say if they made 100 million promos, which is a stretch in and of itself, but say that they did 100, 150 million, you're still looking at 850 million to 900 million packs. Yeah. Just like almost, crazy. Yeah. Almost the uh, like population of China. Like, I mean, it's like two thirds of the population of China. That puts it into perspective. Yeah, so the the biggest numbers that I saw, you know, they for some reason March, which is you know, kind of like the end of Q four for like the business year. They have some of the numbers here. So March twenty seventeen, we have twenty three point six billion. So you know, two thousand four, two thousand ten, we had fourteen billion. Two thousand ten to about twenty seventeen, another thirteen point. Well, we're at twenty three point six billion. Basically from March twenty seventeen to eighteen, there's about a jump of two billion cards, and the same for going into twenty nineteen. It's not until twenty nineteen into March twenty twenty that we see, you know, a more solid jump or kind of pushing up towards three million or three billion cards. And uh we slowly start seeing that growth. And if everyone remembers, you know, 2020 was just insane. Mm-hmm. And going from March 2020 to March 2021, we only saw an increase of 1 billion cards. We're at a total of 34.1 billion cards printed. So there was, you know, another 25% increase of the cards produced. But, you know, the hype, which we can estimate for sure, like doubled the interest in Pokemon. Um, you know, who knows what percentage you can put on that, but just a 25% increase in the card production was not enough whatsoever. Yeah. Like the fact that, I mean, you basically hit it on the nail on the head there, but the fact that in one year they printed 27% of the total cards printed in the first 25 years of their existence says a lot about not only how many people are partaking in this hobby right now, but the fact that I go into a Walmart and it looks like the product is mostly sold out, that lets you know that even though they're printing this much, it is still being ate up by the consumer. Yeah, and we that, did see a big jump in 2022. Mm-hmm. That's That's the last number we have. And they did actually yeah. jump from you know, the 4 billion that they printed from 2020 to 2021 to about 9.1, which is, you know, the headline of the article. Yeah. So they finally doubled the production. And uh, what's your, what's your experience nowadays? Like within the last few months, now that they've more than doubled their production, have you been finding more stuff or? Well, you know, I, still see product in the stores um there are some times where i go in and it's completely full i assume they just got stocked but the only thing i'm really seeing on shelves after i go back like a week later or whatever is basically sword and shield base and darkness ablaze etbs and just a few scatter products here and there like random um what, like tens and stuff like that, like things that a lot of people don't see have as a lot of value. But I mean, all, all the packs are gone, all, all the modern ETVs or the current sets and print are gone. 
they're just really not much there. I mean, but in the fact, again, the fact that even like a community like ours can consume all that product, that shows not just growth, but that shows that the hobby is healthier than ever. Regardless yeah. of what the market, some things, some people believe where the market might indicate how things have gone down. As a whole, at least with modern, it is the interest is more than there. And that, that leads me to believe that this hobby is only going up in terms of overall breadth of individuals interested. Yeah, and the fact that we're like, you know, at an all-time low since the hype and people are still consuming the product, you know, it's it's almost like a perfect number to have at the 9.1 billion. You know, we're not seeing, you know, just cards be non-existent. I've walked into a few stores and seen some products, some ETBs, where I've shown up and they've been like, you know, half gone. So stuff is still being <laughs> bought and then like, you know, the next day they're gone. So they're, it's just draining at a slower rate. Instead of people buying like two ETBs, uh, you know, they're just maybe buying one or just a few packs here or there. And the transition that I've seen, it's like, you know, average Joe walking into a store, if they saw the product, they would buy as much as they can and then they would sell it. And then that transitioned into, oh, I'm just going to buy like two of these and put one away, open one. And now that's transitioned into like, oh, I just want to buy one for fun. So I think that is like an overall healthy number. And the fact that, you know, product isn't lasting until the next stock. I mean, I think that's okay. I think we could still do a little better. So maybe like 10 to 15 billion cards printed might be the magic number. And that's just purely off my experience and what you've told me. And then seeing these numbers, like, I just think, you know, given how the market is now that they've increased it to 9 billion a year, I think that if they were like the 10 to 15 billion range and things stayed how they are, as far as like the demand for the hobby, like that makes sense to me to be in like kind of a perfect area. But. Yeah, I think you'll probably see around like eleven billion right in that range. You were saying is probably what we'll see for next year. But one thing I also wanted to mention is think about the sets that came out during this time of more printing than ever. Celebrations and Evolving Skies. Yeah, those are the those were the two big sets. Technically, that probably includes some of. What was that Shining Fates in the beginning of 2021? That includes a little bit of that. It includes some brilliant stars. And obviously, Feet Fusion Strike was in there. And then you had Battle Styles. But, like, of, of the two big sets in question, just those were, were printed obviously more than, say, Battle Styles. Mm -hmm. So, there's, I'm just trying to fathom the amount of product that's out there for these sets. We're talking more than base set, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think we were, we were pushing like more than base set even back and the hype just because, yeah. yeah, you're just so many people are consuming those and it just goes to show, you know, base set cards are not that expensive. So what are, yeah, they are. what are these modern cards going to be? It's a, it's a really great time to collect modern, like complete sets. Like it'd be so easy just to go back through time if you had like... I mean, even if you had, 
like a few grand, like $4,000 or so, you could pretty much buy like all the sets, maybe not all the hollows, but I mean, you could just have a huge impact on a, on a collection, especially if you don't really care to go hundred percent completionist and, you know, take it kind of slow. So well, I think what you're seeing with some things is the, the, the demand is still obviously very high for a lot of the alt arts, especially the alt arts from evolving skies that you're seeing that slightly inflated price right now until the supply is inj injected back to the market with at least one, if not two, two reprints of, of that set. And I think you'll start seeing it to finally level off a little bit there. And maybe there'll be another sky that can rival Evolving Skies in the next year that people like, you know, put Evolving Skies on, on the, the back burner. But people have not gotten enough of Evolving Skies yet. And until that happens, especially the Altars from that set, they're still going to continue being pricey until there's obviously it'll come down a little bit with the, with the reprints. But. I'm I'm just curious how much we're going to see some of these alt arts sink. I'm not saying they're going to hit like they're not going to hit rock bottom out. No, I, I don't think that at all. The alt arts are still the the creme de la creme. What's going to keep any sort of scarcity with 9.1 billion cards is how scarce they're making them. So there'll still be value, obviously. But I'm I'm thinking that they're going to a lot of these are going to continue falling a little bit further. But who yeah, knows? Yeah, they'll, they'll fall a little wrong. bit. I do like the the scarcity and like the pull factor. Like they are really cool cards, and they are trying to make them like a little more rare. I just hope they don't really overdo it, which they seem to be kind of doing a pretty good job right now. Um, we're still seeing rainbow rares, so I really wish they would kind of clean up their formula. But of course, you know they want everyone to feel like they're getting something good a lot of times. So. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it just still feels kind of cluttered, but they're doing a good job of keeping the alt arts as kind of like the chase and kind of hard to get. I just hope we don't uh, see like 10 alt arts in a set. Like, Yeah. I would say we could see, I mean, the market could very well eat up all this product for, for as you know, we might, we might, we might even be underestimating the overall volume of individuals within the hobby right now. Yeah. So, I mean, only time will tell, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, let's uh, hop on over to the other piece of news. This news section is a little longer than usual, but I feel like we've already <laughs> talked about that. a lot of <laughs> we already talked about a lot of ghost stuff. So it's like we might yeah. go through that pretty quick. But uh, yeah, yeah. For the illustration contest, Pokemon TCG did a illustration contest, and this was posted on June 9th that the winners for the 2022 contest were announced. And uh, on Poke Beach, we have three winners. We have an overall winner, Japan winner, U.S. winner, and then uh, two runner-ups that just got, like, supreme honorable mentions. And then we have quite a few other honorable mentions here. Um, the winners, what do they get? They The winner receives $5,000. And two runner-ups, one from each country, received 3000 And then the promo cards of all these will be released to the public in some way or shape or form, like before, you would assume. 
And then there are two more runner-ups, like I said, that will receive 1,000. And then all the other runner-ups will receive 500. So, yeah, what do you think of these winners? First off, you want to kind of go through which ones won and all that stuff? Yeah, so there's one. The main winner was by Rend, um, and it was an Arcanine. So... Well, I'll, I'll just continue going through the, the winners before I say my opinion on anything. And then the next one, the one the runner-up, is the Japan winner by Kasei, or Kasai Taiga. I hope I'm not butchering that pronunciation, but I probably am. And then uh, this one is of uh, the Bulbasaur. And this one's a really good one. Um, yeah, I really like that and, one. Yeah, and then the final one is Greninja. So... What, okay, what's so your Greninja, favorite of those three? You're like, what, what do you Bulbasaur. like or not like about the others? The Bulbasaur. So the Greninja one is okay. Um, clicking, I, I didn't see like the the, the Froki and all that in the background whenever I first saw this image, but I still am not a fan of this art. I thought there was a better, the better artwork I thought was like the aerial view shot of the Greninja. It has like the whole evolution line, and I, that was my favorite. This one, I understand it's supposed to be a certain style with the Japanese era, the ninja era, with with it, like the samurai. Um, and then the Bulbasaur one, I really liked, but I also liked the lily pad Bulbasaur. Mm -hmm. The depth with that one was so intricate. I absolutely adored that one, but this Bulbasaur is pretty solid too. I, I don't, I understand why they, they chose it. He's happy. He got fruit. He got Bulbasaur's in the, on the ground. He's trying to get him the fruit or whatever. But the Arcanine one, I, I, it's good artwork. Don't get me wrong. It, this guy's definitely talented, but it's plain. It's just generic. Yeah. There is one of the runner runner ups was a better artwork as Arcanine than that one was, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm really happy to see an Arcanine win. Obviously, one of my favorites. But uh, yeah, the uh, the second runner up where he's chilling with an Oddish. I mean, I like that one more. It's almost like a light Arcanine vibe. Um, but yeah, you can tell it's like. I don't know, I just really like that style. Whereas the first one, it's kind of giving like, you know, CGI or brand new Pokemon set vibes. Um, the runner-up in the grouping of runner-ups that are only the $500 winners, where it's like really detailed with the tail and everything, I really like that one. Yep. But that gives me more of the like e-reader, e-series artwork. I agree like more realistic and detailed as well as with that, um, Bulbasaur you mentioned, um, Bulbasaur that won from the Japan winner out of every card they showcased here. I think that was for sure the best one. And then, uh, Greninja. I do really like that art. It gives me like a Japanese promo feel for that art. But, uh, some of the other runner-ups we had, we had like a colorful rainbow Pikachu. Looks like he's like tripping. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, it's a. It looks really good. He's just chilling on a window sill, looking out. You can see 
uh, Bulbasaur and I think a Jigglypuff down on the street. That's just a really cool card. I hope they do something with, you know, even those runner-ups. I can see them making that in card, like in a, in a net hair set. Uh, but the, the one Arcanine I like the most, they, they, it didn't even make the final cut. I think I showed it to you, but it's like in the forest or whatever, and he's running, and it's like a front shot. And the way it's stylized, it's almost like not an impressionist painting, but almost feels like that with like all the colorful trees behind it. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was incredibly colorful, and that was one of my personal favorites. And it had a lot of it had a lot of detail and depth, but it didn't even make the, the final cut, unfortunately. There is a Charizard, like the very last Charizard they show on this list. It's like almost like a watercolor Charizard. I really like that one. Oh yeah. And then there's He's holding a something like an egg. He's holding an egg. Yeah, that's what I was trying to trying to look at. It's like a rock or an egg or something. It's like a, almost like a, a motherly Charizard, like just kind of calm, not really, you know, the cool looking Charizard that we feel like we have to make nowadays. But the Charizard, also the other Charizard, but the night sky is pretty good too. But I'm glad they they didn't choose Charizard. But that one is that color palette on that one is quite gorgeous. Yeah, the landscape shot. But I'm I'm glad that it didn't go with Charizard. He he won, was in 2020. Yeah, so. I do like the Cramorant ones. I feel like Cramorant's always a fun and funny card. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's about it for the news, though. Um, let me know which one of these you guys like. It's really cool artwork all around. There's some Scizor love and some Ponyta and Galarian Rabidash love in there. But, uh yeah, I guess with that we can kind of move on to the main topic, eh? Yeah, let's do it. So I think we should begin with the regular set first uh, before we dive into the secret rares. Yeah, so we do have the complete Japanese set revealed. So essentially we're going to look at the Japanese side. It's going to be very close to what we see in English. We already have most of the English set revealed here. Um, We might see some of the, you know, the team trainers in the collection boxes and maybe not in the actual set for English. They always seem to, you know, kind of do something like that. But, uh, yeah, let's check out this Pokemon Go Japanese set. What are your overall impressions now that we have the full list? You know, some things that stand out to me, obviously, the Radiant cards... We have the V's and a couple alt arts of the V's. We have that new ditto mechanic where the card is actually like a sticker and you peel off like a Bidoof and you find a ditto. And then, of course, the trainer full art cards. Uh, what's your what's your first thoughts? So I'm going through the main set now. And honestly, I really like most of the artwork. I really do. Um, ooh, there's Camille. Yeah, there's some new Camille in there. It's a Bidoof. I was wondering if he was going to actually have any artwork in this one because his artwork is exactly the opposite of what you would think for Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah, there you go. He had the Spheargle. And the Bidoof is like one of the things that can be the ditto. Yeah. So it's uh, 
I think there's going to be a normal Bidoof, and I think there's going to be a Ditto Bidoof. But it'd be cool to have. I guess you have to have both versions now. Yeah, and honestly, like, I really, for the regular set, I really dig the artwork um, overall. Uh, I like how there's the thing with the Smeargle, with the, with the Photobomb. That, that's the thing in Pokemon Go. Obviously, you take a photo of your Pokemon or whatever, and if you're lucky, you'll, you'll get a Photobomb with a Smeargle. Yeah. Um, but it, I also like the like the metal one. I really like too the the T tar. I love that. Doesn't that T tar give you like uh, Neo Destiny vibes? Yeah, it kind of gives you like the dark, dark Tyranitar vibes for sure. Yeah, I really I like the artwork of that one. It gives me that like metal. it gives me like Diamond and Pearl era artwork vibes. Mm. Soul Rock and some of the some of the. Well, I mean, it's cool that the Larvitar is holding the Golden Raz, but the Pipitar is kind of plain. So is the Onyx and Soul Rock. But the Lunatone's cool. The, the Zatu is really cool with that artwork. And then honestly, okay, the Legendary Birds. Oh, dude, that's awesome. But with Zapdos, you can see it next to like a power line. This artwork is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, so my, my first impressions is like, I like the Hollows a lot. Um,. You know, a big card of significance, there's a hollow Pikachu with a hat, which is the special hat that we're getting in the actual Pokemon Go game. Um, you know, that's going to be a hollow. That's a really cool artwork, I think. Mm-hmm. The Legendary Birds, I liked Zapdos. Um, Articuno artwork is okay. Moltres, Moltres. artwork. You yeah. don't like the Moltres one? Mol- Moltres is probably the worst one for me. You think so? Yeah. I, I mean, okay, so it it does look kind of strange, but you can see the 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 mountain in the background and that moon. I like that part of the artwork, but I I don't know. I just have this weird thing of like Who's symmetry and angles with cards, of like what I think looks good. Like I don't recognize that artist, but yeah. But yeah, they're they're good though. I like, I like all this the. Was... I just gonna say I like all the normal. Uh, starter hollows like Charizard, Blastoise, Venusaur. Yeah, the Charizard one's pretty neat. It's kind of unique uh, for Charizard artwork. Um, and then the Radiant Zard has grown on me a, uh, just a little bit. Um, the Blastoise, I'm still just mid towards, but the Venusaur hollow is pretty neat. And then, obviously, I, well, I mean, in my opinion, the Radiant Venusaur is the is the best one artwork-wise of, of all those. Yeah, out of all the Radiant cards. Um, first off, the Japanese, you know, Radiant cards yep. look so amazing. We touched on this in the last episode. Just the hollow pattern, you can even tell on Poke Beach. Like, they just look really good. And in person, this is only going to be, you know, more insane. Whereas, like, already on the English side, for the Radiant cards, you can tell they're just not going to be, you know, that that insane looking. They're going to be cool looking, but not, like, just the sparkle of the Japanese side. But, yeah, even looking at the stock image of the Radiant cards and just seeing this hollow pattern, you know, cards are made for the Japanese style with the silver border. And, you know, they just kind of get reproduced and hardly ever changed for 
the English side. So through and through Japanese cards, there's like the true representation of what the card is supposed to be. Have a hollow Gyarados. Yeah, I'm looking at these cards, and dude, I like I was leaning towards collecting the whole set, and honestly, after seeing the artworks, I'm 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 all for it. Uh, but this is it's going to be strange because I'm probably going to be collecting the entire set in Japanese. Yeah. Unless unless there's a secret rare that I have to have in English, but I it should mean, be pretty easy to collect too. I mean, I'm yeah. we saw the pre-orders for the ETB hang out for a long time. Yeah, and for the Japanese, I still saw like seventy, eighty dollars a box. Yeah. I mean, even the announcement of like the Kanto Rehadian starters didn't change that at all. You know, the V Star with the Mewtwo, that's cool. I mean, I'm just not a huge fan of the V Stars. I mean, I know they're they're kind of paying in some ways like an homage to the little Hebel X era, but I, I don't know. There, I mean, it, it's the Pokemon I like. I'll I'll definitely like. Uh, like I like me too, obviously. Um, but as a whole, I, I think they actually take away a little bit from the set. But e- even the V's though are, are are good. Like the Mill Metal. Yeah. I think they and did yeah, a really good thing with the artwork and kind of you know every card isn't obviously like Pokemon Go themed. Like yeah. Maybe they were thinking that, but so it kind of feels like. A light collab, you know. They just mostly have iconic Pokemon from the game with a couple things sprinkled in, like the Larvitar is holding a golden raspberry, which is pretty cool, and he's got like lure module leaves around. So that's pretty cool in that way. But then you have like an Onyx, which is like in a random field, which could be in any set, you know. Yeah, that's one of the ones I thought was pretty generic myself. The Onyx and that Soul Rock. This is some of the artwork that I see in a lot of the sets nowadays. Obviously, there's still good artwork in, in, in modern sets, especially amongst the, the regular set. But there's a lot of sets they, that they do just kind of jam-packed with generic crap. Yeah. Then you got Snorlax sitting on a front porch. Apom with like a bunch of balls thrown at him because he's kind of hard to catch. And... You know, Blissey on top of a gym. So with all the lackluster stuff, you got a lot of these awesome things mixed in as well. Mm-hmm. And then Pit of, it's like literally looks like a real image with Pit of put on top of it, like an AR photo. So it's kind of an interesting one. Yeah. Figured you'd see more of that. But like all the Vs are pretty much like not, related to Pokemon Go. We do have a alt art Mewtwo, which you know we'll get to. That was the first secret rare revealed. Um so that's you know the alt arts are kind of go themed, but just looking at the normal set, you know, we got Dragonite V, which looks really cool in my opinion. Yep, I agree. I, that it sticks out honestly from yeah. the other V's. The V Star doesn't look nearly as cool, but uh No. You know, they're just kind of in a normal set. They're not really... They don't even have the Go logo, which I thought was kind of interesting. So... But yeah, I guess we can move on to the secret rares to... Okay. All right. Yeah, here we go. I'm looking on the page. So I don't think there was much more 
revealed from when we last talked, but we do have the official list of all the Japanese secret rares. So going down the line, I guess let, let I'll name them off here as you're okay. looking at them. So we have an Alolan Executor V, Mewtwo V, Mewtwo V secret rare like alt art. I guess they're labeling that as SA, like secret art. That Mewtwo one, though, is actually, the, the regular Mewtwo V is actually really cool. Yeah, that looks a lot like the next Destiny's full art Mewtwo V, where it's just kind it's, of a full art. He's just staying in there. And the way they use almost the cosmic, like this, you know, this purple, red, like these cosmic, almost psychic colors, it looks, I think yeah. that looks really good. Yeah, it gives me big vibes for the next Destiny's for sure. Then we have Conkeldur V and Conkeldur V Alt Art. And that's actually in a gym in a stadium type background. I think it's so. supposed to be paying, um, like it's referencing the Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. From 2016. But that's kind of a reach. I mean, I get it because so Conkeldur is, when it comes to fighting type and go, he is the top guy with. You got, obviously, you have, like, Shadow Machamp that can be useful, and you have Lucario. But the thing that separates Kondalkur from Lucario is Kondalkur's TDO. They are very similar in terms of, like, DPS, but Kondalkur can just get hit and just keep on going, keep on going. Yeah. Um, so he's basically, like, he's the one I try, try to use as much as I can. He, that and, like, Shadow Machamp, but... I think that's supposed to also be like a gym as well. Like it is kind of referencing the Super Bowl commercial, but when you start a gym, or you can even see it in like in a raid, but like when you start a gym battle, it's kind of like this arena. And I think that's what it's supposed to be referencing, but I don't know. It's okay. Like it's kind of cool because of it's referencing some ghost stuff, but yeah, I find the art kind of. I don't know, it's not anything crazy. Yeah, and then, and that, that of course, is like, you know, like we said, like with the V alt arts, it's just, like, not really go-specific. And then even the ones that are, some of them are kind of subtle or just, you know, they could have been better. I feel like Mewtwo V so far is the only one that really knocked out of the park. Um, yeah, and we, uh, yeah, yeah, Mewtwo is one of my... One of my personal favorites, so it's like I gotta have those cards. Yeah. Some other so. stuff. We have uh, Melmetal V, Dragonite V, Slacking V. That Melmetal which, V is pretty cool looking. That yeah. black and red contrast. They're not really like Go related because they're the normal Vs. And yeah. You know, I think they did that on purpose. Like these don't have the Go logo, but the Vs that are more Go focused do. So it's really interesting they went that route. Like, it almost clutters the alt art. Like, you're taken away from the cool art by slapping the logo on there. But because of the Vs and they're not go-focused, like, they don't have the logo at all. So it's it's kind of interesting how they did the set, where some cards have the logo, some don't. I don't know why they chose slacking. Like, has, has slacking been that significant in Pokemon Go? I feel like... Uh, he's had a clean, I mean... So he does have ridiculous high CP, um, but he's, he's kind not, of... Not very useful, he isn't, though, is he? Yeah, he can't use him as an attacker. He's an okay defender, 
Uh, but he, I mean, Blissey's better, but he's not a bad defender. But the problem is, like, with how high his CP is, he his his value depreciates at a. Yes, it's the same percent wise, but like it takes off more. If that makes sense. Yeah. So like you got to bury it a lot more, but like I mean it's. I mean, he's a decent defender, but, like, I don't even have one maxed out, I don't think. But Yeah, that's that was a weird choice for me. Dragonite's kind of a weird choice, too, but I guess a lot of people, that was, like, the ultimate chase when the game first came out. Because, you know, you'd find your teeny and all that every once in a while. So, like, I feel like that, like, a Dragonite and a Gyarados were, like, the ultimate chase Pokemon when the game first came out that were actually, yeah. like, obtainable. Yeah, I couldn't even... Honestly, I didn't even get my first training until like September of that year. Yeah. Back home, there was like a lake that was a Magikarp nest for the longest time. You know, nests were like pretty much solid for months at a time back then. Now they rotate. But I I remember there was a Magikarp nest and then like every lap around the lake, which is like half a mile, there'd be like one to two Dratini spawn. So me and my well, friends would like go there and just... Just try to go there for hours, just walking around. Yeah, and so Dratini's don't nest, or they shouldn't anyways. 10K Pokemon, or Pokemon that originally found in 10K eggs do not nest. However, during the beginning of this game, because everything was so wonky, there were a lot, multiple places, a lot of places around the world that for a couple weeks did have a Dratini nest. Because... They were still getting everything figured out, and and St. Louis did did have one. I didn't I didn't find out about this until like months later. But yeah, yeah. And the, the Pokemon pool was so small. Like I think it was just like a lake spawn, because it it definitely wasn't enough to like be nesting by like even, you know, those standards. Magikarp definitely was a nest, like where like every ten steps you would see another one popping up. But, like, Jutini, like, you really didn't see a lot. Like, you'd maybe catch, like, five Jutini and walking around for, like, hours. So, I just think it was how the game was designed then. And it was, like, more of a water spawn and stuff like that. But, yeah, with that, though, that's all the Pokemon uh, secret rares. We can move into the trainers. Now... I did kind of see this coming, and I do like that they only left four trainers, and that's all three of the team leaders and Professor Willow. So pretty cool how they did that. Got full arts of each of those cards. I will say Mystic is probably the best because it's got like a – it's like mountains and like an aura behind her. Yeah, I was – I think – I know with like Candela with – the valor it, i mean it's like a sunset and it's, it's it kind of looks like fiery in the background but it looks kind of generic i mean that one look, looks okay i guess but then the instinct one is just plain yeah like spark he's the, got like sunny day <laughs> it just looks very generic to me that the whole artwork does um candela is a little better no <laughs> professor willow is hands down the best one out of these four he has the little hell tan on his shoulder like helping him out yeah that's pretty that's cool. definitely that's definitely I, I I love this this artwork and the background is isn't anything crazy with like the the grasslands. However, when you're uh, doing your research or whatever, that's basically almost the same background that you see during these little clippets with like, hello, you know, it's Professor Will. I need your help. He's got like his 
research area, but like in the back is like green forest, kind of like what you're seeing in the background. So I really, really like this one. Um, This is one I I have to have. Uh, Now, I haven't seen the full set. The regular set I definitely want to collect, but then I'm seeing, I'm already seeing all these rainbow rares and yeah, those are like 20 bucks a pop and they're just, ugh. Yeah, the the rainbow rares. I mean, this is a classic case of the rainbow rare problem. Like, yeah, they're rarer than the actual full art, but just look at the Blanche like Team Mystic artwork. You got a beautiful mountain and aura and rainbow background like blended in. She's like actually smiling, which she usually doesn't in the games. Like looking off in the distance, and then you have the rainbow rare version which the whole card is just rainbow and you lose out on all that artwork. And it's getting to a point now where like, yeah, those cards aren't alt arts, but more cards in general, if they're a special card, like these full art cards, they have a special artwork that looks cool. And the rainbow rares, not only, you know, being more rare that you should want those more, but, you almost don't because it takes away from the card so badly. And on top of that, it looks like 95% of the other rainbow rares. Like nobody, like a, a binder packed to the brim of rainbow rares is not impressive to me. Cause it's like, honestly, it's hard to even tell what you're freaking looking at. I was looking at the same thing, like this male metal. I can't tell what it is. And the Alcremi VMAX, it's not in this set. But the Alcremia VMAX took me a long time to make me realize what I was looking at. Like, it looks like a big old cake, right? But yeah. if you look closer, you can, like, see a face. And, like, it took me a long time to realize, oh, there's a face in there. <laughs> it's just the it's, it's something with the color or the pattern. It is really difficult to see specific details. Yeah, You it's... can see, like, dark shades and lines, but, like, specific details are kind of difficult to make out. Yeah, it's just, at this point, it's a bad design. Um, if they did the way they do the gold cards where like the character is still colorized, maybe that would be a little better, but just to put like a blanket rainbow sparkle, like it's just not cutting it anymore. So when I look at this set, like, yeah, I want a copy of each of the trainers, but I don't even want the rainbow versions. But, uh, but on top of that though, we have some gold cards. We have three gold cards. Also, we have a, a rainbow Mew to V-Star, which I guess we didn't touch on, and a Dragonite. But the Mewtwo V-Star has the rainbow treatment, and it actually has the gold treatment. And The gold looks a lot better. Yeah, this is, you know, obviously going to be a chase card, but I like all these gold cards. We have Mewtwo V-Max, an Egg Incubator, <laughs> and a Lure Module. So it's just really cool, like, I want a copy of each of these gold cards. Yeah, the Aegibators especially. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's my, my wants for this set are, are pretty simple. Like a copy of the gold cards, the normal full art trainers, and then the special Mewtwo V. And then other than that, probably just like the Radiant cards. Honestly, this set would be easy to, to buy just looking at it, right? I mean, the most expensive thing is probably going to be either the Mewtwo Altar or the Kanto Radiant Trio. And But, like, lo- looking at this, I think this is this is a cheap set to collect, especially in relation to a lot of these other sets that have been coming out. Um, I think the Kanto Radiant Trio, they'll be going the way of the Amazing Rares, honestly. They're not going to be that cheap. 
like the amazing rares just because they're Kanto starters, but they're yeah. definitely they'll definitely be worth something. But they're over time, they're not going to be a super big chase. Like I see the the ultimate chase, obviously, is going to be the Mew Two V alt art. I think yep. that's going to be the most expensive card in the whole set as well as the gold Mewtwo followed by the other two gold cards followed by the radiant cards. Like, I think that's going to be the tiers, but once you get down, I think the radiant ones are going to be slightly more expensive. I don't quite agree with that. I, I do agree with the, what the top card is going to be. That's I think definitive. There is no argument for that. Yeah. Um, but I have, I think a lot of people are going to want these radiant cards. You're starting to see, I'm starting to see, I know it's anecdotal, but I'm starting to see through a lot of social media um, platforms. I mean, not just Reddit, but primarily Reddit and also some Instagram. Um, people that are starting to kind of take notice of the Japanese cards. It's been, it's been talked about now for a while, but I feel like more and more newer collectors i think are starting to see that difference and some still prefer the english you always will have that selection that will prefer the english but as a whole you're seeing i think you're seeing people making that jump to start and buying more japanese so i i think the kanto starters all three of them combined maybe not individual but all three of them combined i think will still be like a hundred bucks is kind of what i'm thinking but but I mean it might go lower, but we'll see. Like hundred bucks Probably to buy go. all three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that. I think that's close. I think. What are the rainbow rares like? What's the most expensive rainbow rare? Or not I rainbow rare, amazing rare. I meant. They're not that much. I know I sold several PSA tens, like the Raikou and Rayquaza. It was only like forty bucks, and I'm sure they're even lower now. Yeah. Let me kind of take a a quick look here. I think the Rayquaza was the most expensive, right? You going to TCG player? Well, I was just going to kind of look on eBay. eBay. But, well, I'll go to I mean, TCG yeah, it's then. like uh, like you can buy a PSA 10 Rayquaza Amazing Ray for 40 bucks right now. <laughs> So I think I sold mine for about forty five fifty. So it's basically, so it's pretty much stay the same. Which for now, anyways. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, just really, I mean, you can buy, buy them for under ten dollars. Um. So yeah, I need to pick some of these up. <laughs> um. Yeah, the I think I feel like the Venusaur. If it does go the way of the Amazing Rare and, you know, it being not that rare, granted there is like, there was like six Amazing Rares or something like that in Vivid Voltage. Um, so A, you're either not going to pull them as much or B, you're going to pull them at the same rate and just get doubles more often. So I think if if the B scenario is the case, then I think they're going to be really cheap. Like Venusaur, maybe fifteen dollars. Blastoise, maybe twenty twenty five. Charizard, maybe forty. But, yeah, I was kind of curious. Um, 
I was wanting to see the full set, but the the I'm gonna hold off a little bit. But I do want to buy, I think, a couple like two Japanese boxes, and I I would like to see for myself what it feels like to pull honestly one of those. But I'm looking at it now for the Rayquaza. This is English, obviously. Um, the Amazing Rare you can find be found for near mint for less than five bucks on TCG Player. <laughs> yep. Yeah, pretty cheap for sure. Yeah, um, but in my opinion, these the radiant cards are better looking than the amazing rares. Yeah, pretty crazy. I'm gonna but, have to like once we eventually get this order back, which I think would be any time. <laughs> I'm gonna. We, we said that last episode. <laughs> yeah, I but I was thinking did. about that the other day. I think. Like, they literally, for some reason, like, you know, if I was Lodkins, I would just pay the upcharges and get the cards back and then make the customer pay them, you know, in order to release them. And if they don't pay them within, like, a fixed period, then, you know, you have a card to sell. But I get it straight from a strictly business standpoint. What they probably did was they paid the upcharges for PSA to release them. So now they're probably at Ludkins. I would think. And at this point. just imagining that order size, I mean, they're probably going through that order, making sure everything's right for weeks. So I would yeah. think this next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll see. They got to be at Ludkins at this point, unless they're literally waiting on everyone who is with us to pay their upcharges. Oh, oh, my God. I hope not. I hope yeah. they, they release it as, like, every week. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know how they do, like their orders like if our order got sent in as one order or if like we got grouped in or you know who knows but what do you think so we kind of had our reactions so what are some things you think could have been done better yeah so or I guess I should ask were were your expectations met or were you disappointed probably the first thing i should probably ask yeah <laughs> i mean they kind of were and they weren't i'm somewhere in the middle at first they were not met at all now seeing the full set they're kind of there but i think they still kind of fell short a little bit but yeah overall it's it's pretty good so as far as the set size you know it is a smaller set which is understandable for like a special set you know, it's kind of giving like Champions Path or Celebrations type vibes. It's like, you know, it's just a smaller special set celebrating something. They want to make it available, so there's probably going to be a crap ton of it out there. 100%. Um, I, I'm sure even in Japan they're getting hyped for this set too. Yeah, but I the stuff that is Pokemon Go themed, like... You know, for one, I hate the logo on the cards, which is well documented at this point, but mm-hmm. I like all the Pokemon Go stuff in the set. I like the Mewtwo, I like the alt arts, even though Conkledur, you know, I don't really care for that alt arts artwork. I, I like it because it's Pokemon Go themed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all the full art team trainers, I hate the rainbow rares because can't tell what's going on um i really like the gold cards egg incubator lure module two of the most like iconic items in the game 
as far as a normal set goes, I, again, just really like all the Go-themed stuff. I really love the Venusaur artwork. It's like looking at a lured Pokestop and all the Pokemon around it are just having a good time. I I just think they could have done more with the ghost stuff. Like Charmander, Charmeleon, like don't have anything Go related going on. And then you look at cards like even Bulbasaur. I mean, yeah, it's kind of loosely he's going through a park, which could be in any set. But Ivysaur... It's obviously Go Icon being a Pokestop. Like, I was expecting this stuff to be throughout the entire set. And really, I mean, we're at maybe 50% of the set, or maybe even a little less. So that's just kind of what was disappointing to me. Like, a lot of this other artwork, you could, like, throw in another set and not, not think anything about it. Yeah, so... There were some artworks that you kind of mentioned that did do a little bit of this. Um, but actually, first, I, I should probably say, so overall, I would probably give the overall set somewhere in the neighborhood of a B minus to a B. Um, I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth. I'm probably a B minus overall. I don't know. It's like, it would be like an 83% probably. <laughs> like, yeah, mine would, be like, mine would be like a C. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still looking through it. I mean, it's just the artwork. I mean, I love all the Go-themed artwork, but I don't know. Even stuff subtle as, like, Larvitar holding the golden raspberry, like, that's enough. Just make it iconic or, like, a direct link to Go, you know? So, yeah, like, so I'm disappointed in the Secret Rares as a whole. However... I'm overall pleased with the regular set artwork and all. Um, now, what I, I would have liked to have seen more regular cards with iconic landmark or more of photos that's been that's been tagged to Pokemon Go Live by actual trainers. It would have been cool to use some of those backgrounds. Yeah, or like the the Go as, Fest, as like they could have done a Go Fest yep. background where they show like the inflatable Pokemon or like the landscape of Go Fest. Yeah, they could have done things like that. Like you don't need to have the actual trainers; you can literally cut them out, and you can have like the Pokemon in there. But you could have like that that, that background. Just now, imagine a Lugia in the set, like on top of a gym, and like in yeah. the distance you can see all the trainers on the ground, like lining up to battle it. Like, is if they did it, like, how, yeah, like, like you, I think you might have been playing during then, but like when they first let or, you know, release Lugia, it was Lugia and Articuno were the first raids that they released live. And I wasn't there at this GoFest, but like the first GoFest, it was terrible. Everything about it was terrible. They were, they were ill prepared. But one of the things they did is they allowed uh, raids went live. Yeah, and Lugia was one of those first things. I, I just remember one of my friends that went there told me a story. They thought the thing was done. People were just fed up and they were leaving. And then they they triggered the the raids and everybody just went back into the park. It was like a swarm of people from what he said. <laughs> and yeah, and eventually they just made it live in the whole entire city, so you could de defuse the overall um, bottleneck in um, cell phone signals that. That they couldn't handle. They couldn't handle the all the uh, bandwidth from all the 
all the cell phones. So mm-hmm. they, they just made it to where the raids went live all in the city, and eventually, not too much longer after, it, it was live worldwide. But Alugia, having Alugia in that setting would have been crazy because that would have been honoring the, some of the history within the game, and that would have been awesome. Yeah, they, they missed the mark on some of that stuff. It's like, I don't know. But no, I, I agree. Like, the overall set I like, but I would have, again, liked to have seen either re- re- actual photos or real-life landmarks. I was really hoping to see real-life landmarks on Secret Rares for alt arts. I'm a little disappointed that there was only two alt arts in this set. I wasn't expecting ten, but I was expecting, like, three to five. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just weird. I mean, they hit the the nail on the head with a lot of the cards and then just din it with so many others. I mean, even the Radiant cards, I mean, they could have been a little more special, but I don't know. It's just not, it's not a full Pokemon Go collab, it seems. It's like... Half and half. Yeah, it's like... They did a Pokemon Go collab, but they still made like 50% of a normal Pokemon set. It's like, yeah, we're collabing, so it's like half and half, right? Yeah. It's like, well, no, like you're the TCG company, so when you do a Pokemon Go collab, I think people were expecting like to fully embrace the Go just for one set. But instead they kind of made it like, you know, a normal set with Pokemon Go lightly themed. But... I don't know. And then even the in-game event where, I mean, it's, it's essentially just like a, a Kanto event. It just feels like another Pokemon Go event with the, you know, exception of Mewtwo coming back and all that. And, you know, there's a special hat Pikachu, which is an actual card in the set. That's the only real big link to, like, you know, celebrate and connect the two other than the name. So Yeah, I mean... And this isn't the first time Pokemon Go has, since uh, the first one that I really remember them dealing was Evolving Skies. They had an Eevee Community Day again, and it was like, you know, and don't forget to get your Evolving Skies ETBs. It was that sort of thing. That was the first big collab within TCG that I can recall for Pokemon. Um, yeah. So the, so the fact that now we've seen another, we're starting to see this this bridge being crossed. I the first attempt wasn't terrible. It was not a bomb, but I also wouldn't wouldn't say it's going to be an iconic set either. Um, I think it's going to have an iconic card or two, but that's that that's really about it. I think it's going to kind of be like, oh yeah, that was from the Pokemon Go set. They're yeah. like, I'm 100% going to collect the regular set, and I'm going to collect most of the secret rares. But yeah, like the I'll probably you know hold off on on the rainbows besides the Mewtwo and Dragonite <laughs> if yeah. I if I come to that. But it's gonna be I, like celebrations cool essentially. Collect. You know? Kind it's, of, yeah, because there's there's not there's a little more cards, but yeah. It's gonna be iconic set and cool set and fun to open, but it's like, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Like a lot of people, like a lot of new time collectors loved uh the celebrations because they had they got the artwork of cards that a lot of them might might not be able to afford or they might not be interested in it, but it's still from the era, so it's kind of cool. And like, oh, look, I got this cool, like, you know, Luxray level X. You know, one of the most iconic level Xs that are, there is from that era. Um, so 
I understand the, the interest in that one. And I think the idea was to, with this set, marketing-wise, was we're going to get people, everybody that played po- Pokemon Go. Because they're trying to make it, I mean, to me, in some ways, I mean, you as well, to an extent from what I, I can tell, like, we kind of find that 2016 nostalgic at this point. It's only been six years. Oh, yeah, but, for sure. But we already find that nostalgic. And I think they're trying to tap into that. I think that's what you're seeing. That's that's obviously why they had the Canto starters as an EV as your radiant cards, and they have you to be in one of the main the main alt arts to to try try to sell it. Like we're gonna try to pack this shit with as much. Oh, I don't know if you can say that, but uh, uh, with with as much um, Canto stuff as possible. Yeah, Canto always sells. So yeah, and I mean I'm kind of. I mean, there's obviously Kanto's are some of my favorite, but like, let, let's be real. Like, Hoenn needs more attention. Like, just for example, and even Gen Six. But there's other there's other gens that the heck could use some more love. Yeah. Besides Kanto. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, overall, that's our thoughts. Um, let us know what you all think down in the comments. I just think. Could have been a lot more. It's it's really cool though what they did, and uh, maybe we'll see some little better stuff down the road. Um, what's what's like the biggest thing? I guess this will be our last section. Like, what do you think the biggest thing that they could have done to improve the whole thing? Made more uh, cards that had real life hand marks. Yeah. Just overall, just, like, more Go-themed and more iconic. Like, it would have been cool to see, I don't know. I mean, they they hit Times Square, so they already had New York. But uh, since there's a Seattle Go-Fest, maybe they could have made one where there is the Space Needle in the the background. Or, like, he's or somebody's chilling on top of the Space Needle. You know, certain things like that. Or, like, the Golden Gate Bridge. Just iconic landmarks that most people will know. And then the biggest one is, I understand this is a lot to do in one set, but like it would have been cool to have some Pokemon Go Live real-life photos. They kind of did it with like the spinner rack. I mean, it wasn't real-life photo, but it looks like it was, a, it was a Pokemon Go Live photo, but it looked like it was an actual photo of a tree, and they tried to put like a spinner rack on there. So that was pretty cool. I would have, I would have, I might have seen a little bit more than that, and then had it to be just with kind of like with that style and like one or two with real life landmarks like that. I don't know. I, I just would have liked to have seen more of that. I was hoping, it, like, I saw the Mewtwo, and I thought, oh man, we're going to see some more. We just like that, and I'm kind of disappointed with the secret rares that that was not the case. Yeah. Thing I I think that would have not only made the set way better, but really blown it out of the park. Just imagine if, like, some of these cards had, like, a QR code or, like, an e-reader style code from back in the day where you scan the card, except, you know, today it'd be, like, a a small QR code. Just imagine that. Like, they could even incorporate it to, like, the back of the card, which I know they haven't changed the back of the card ever, but they could incorporate, like, a QR code where you could scan it and then have, like, some type of encounter for that Pokemon in the game or something like that. Like, maybe you could only scan, like, one card or one type of Pokemon 
like where if you scanned a Mewtwo card, you actually got like a special Mewtwo encounter where it's like maybe super low CP or something, but I don't know. It just would have been cool if they incorporated something like that. And then maybe you could only catch like one Mewtwo for the entirety of the game, but or even then include like a QR code in the pack, like instead of the code card, like they could do that where it's like you scan the code and you get a Pokemon encounter. And maybe that Pokemon like, encounter could be like a pool of like 50 Pokemon that are all in the set. Like they had in those random with the VB stars spacers yeah. that they had in Brilliant Stars. Like something like that would directly incorporate more into the game. Like that would have been pretty nuts. Yeah, having so. a QR code like on maybe the special promo of uh, in the ETB, for example, you can't have it out on on the front because people would just scan it. But if you had it like within the box, I mean, there's people that are going to still like try to steal stuff anyways. But they're not they're not going to try to steal it for a Pokemon Go thing. That's just probably not not going to happen. There might be one person that does that, but like as a yeah. whole, or you could like scan it if you buy like a. Uh an ETB or maybe like you could, I don't know. There could be systems in place where like, if you scan so many cards, you get like a certain amount of points and you can redeem those points for like a special lure module in the game that spawn the Pokemon go set Pokemon. You know, there could have been something like that, which would have been really nuts and pretty fun. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good set. I'm gonna like. I might try to open some, but uh... for sure, I definitely plan on opening some. Like, see, this is what we're saying. Like, you know, we, we talk about how much we don't buy, but look look at us right now. For, for like sealed stuff, we are buying product, which is exactly what they want. You know, I'm not saying like you know boycott Pokemon. I'm not saying that at all. But we're getting people that don't usually open to open, and that's the whole point of this set. I, I feel like. Yeah, nowadays I'm collecting like everything that I just like in general, like. I'm going to buy two copies of the Magikarp card in this set. I'm going to buy two copies of the War Turtle card in this set. So, like, just random artworks that I like. You know, I'm just going to buy Stash Away. But, yeah, going to be pretty cool. But I guess that's pretty much it for the main topic. I guess with that, we can move on to our Q&A. Awesome. So, whew. Lots of ghost stuff. Is your yeah, is we, your Q and A uh, Pokemon Go related? No, it isn't. It is from the news topic, though. Um, my question was: with over nine billion cards printed in the last year, modern will eventually be more affordable to to collect singles and PSA tens. I significantly more affordable. Like, will they become more affordable buying singles and tens? And and or. Yeah, I mean, I think the singles we're already seeing. Um, you know, the hype for modern is still pretty pretty good. Um, really, the only value wise we're seeing is in the alt arts, like from what I'm seeing. But maybe that's because that's all I'm really interested in, and I feel like a lot of people feel the same. But uh, yeah, definitely, especially as that card production ramps up to like, you know, what we said would be probably 10 to 15 billion for next year. I think, uh, 
Modern's just going to be much more available. Just just look at how people treat the hollow cards already on these like breaking streams. <laughs> Back in the day, you used to like be okay with a hollow because that was considered a hit. And now it's like, well, they're trash. I'm surprised we don't see a hollow in like every pack right now. It's kind of like some Japanese, old school Japanese sets. But uh, yeah, and as far as PSA 10s, I mean, they follow suit. I mean, we looked at the amazing rare Rayquaza. You could buy it for 40 bucks. I think we kind of touched on this um, either in the last episode or the episode before. You know, we have all these cards that people are holding on to to send in because the value level doesn't make sense. And one of the examples we used was the Greninja Gold Star. It's a really cool card. A lot of people's only Gold Star. And it's just the artwork's good. I I want multiple like PSA graded ones. And that's saying something for my sake of the argument. But uh you know, people aren't sending those in right now to be graded. A lot of people want that card graded, but it just doesn't make sense to send that in. Um, once the lower tiers open, no matter what the weight the weight is, you know, people are gonna start throwing that into their submissions pretty regularly. As so, long as it's the bulk submission price like the ten dollars or, or whatever it was yeah so like you know whereas before it's like well this set has been out almost a year now so it's like at its all-time low that's not necessarily the case anymore because of the grading situation still yeah we're gonna see it you know go down to like an all-time low like three months after but that all-time low is going to be revisited you know once the grading tier makes sense to send certain cards in so and it's really it's really interesting because of the grading situation you're seeing small prices in some areas especially with the all tarts as, as i mentioned like kind of increase but overall the market still hasn't properly ascertained the exact quantity that is out there for for these cards so yes a lot of people have opened it and they held, held on to it but we inevitably see a good portion of those people sell. Even folks, and I mean, have said that they would they would never sell. I mean, sometimes tight situation happens, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of people holding on to it that will sell. I don't I don't know the percentage, and eventually that's going to lead to more in the market. Now, how many of these people are keeping pristine pristine condition of their cards? Which is also more than other, by the way. So you're lacking this burning, if you will, of the mint condition cards of that specific type. You know, like you know, like with the e reader sets, they had a natural way to, to burn some cards out of the market, like the way you had to use them against the uh, Game Boy Advance. Yeah. And you're not, and you people didn't think there'd be any value. Well, nowadays the 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 trend of the market is. From pack to penny sleeve to card saver or hard protector of some sort. So there is going to be a lot, especially the alt arts and your mint, that when it, people do have to sell, there's going to be quite a bit. And yes, I know you can say they're not on the market, whatever. But one thing to always be wary of is condition isn't as important as actual scarcity when you're when you're determining value. Yeah. So yes, there is an, an inherent scarcity with 
alt arts, but we talked about how much has been printed. So it's really going to be based off of how much can the market eat up? Will they, will there be more printed than actual demand? You know, I'm, we're not really sure about that yet. You know, there's just, there's a lot of these other variables, which, you know, puts, if you're trying to quote unquote invest in modern product as far as the collect, there's a lot of red flags for you to be wary of. I personally think, you know, like, for example, like the car, like the Altar BR Umbreon, that's an iconic card. That card is going to go beyond generations in terms of who collects it. Yeah. You know, there is going to be a sweet spot for that card in like 20 years or so. But at the same time, again, scarcity over condition in terms of collection value. And even speaking of condition, again, we mentioned there's everybody's keeping it in pristine condition nowadays. So, yeah, condition is becoming less of a factor. Exactly. With older cards, it makes sense because people didn't take care of it. You know, Watsy, the print, the way they printed was like crap. The quality control, the stock was different, all that. So, but nowadays people are hoping that value will, will go crazy even if it's like a couple thousand dollars and I'm just, I mean, it might get there eventually, but like it'll be a long time and there's better options for your money. Yeah. And like the things people say are still true. Like, yeah, if a card set isn't printed, technically only going to go up realistically, but it's like, but, but how much and like how many people, are keeping that and it's like yeah it might go up 100% but it might be 20 years from now you know when people who haven't experienced the set are interested in it like I look at the set like black and white as like not a good set at all or even like emerging powers I think it was was like the lamest set of like the black and white era if I remember right and even those packs are expensive just because what they are. But also we have so many people interested in the hobby now. So I don't know. There's still still good stuff out there. It's still a good time to buy singles ungraded, um, you know, a few months after a set's released. But as far as graded cards, you really have to think about that key factors. Like, well, how many cards of this card have actually been graded based on the current service levels how many are open to be graded later on then you know what does that mean i think it's going to take us years to fully evaluate the overall circulation we'll have on the value of these cards it's going to be a while we like it's too chaotic we we won't know for a while like as, as you mentioned because of the graded cards and then when people start seeing the pop they'll start being like wow yeah, there's there's a lot of these cards out there. Yeah, I mean, again, just reflect back to the Champions Path Charizard. I was literally uh, just thinking about that. Like, just imagine I mean, that card. Yeah, but with the but, but with the All Star Umbreon, and just imagine that thing. that Charizard card, like, and prices. You know, Champions Path got in kind of before everything went nuts. It was like right around that time. Mm-hmm. But just imagine that that Charizard you know, being such a chase, but like it not being worth the grade at the time. And like, 
you know, in the last couple of months, these last tiers that open, all of a sudden people were holding these Charizards and they sent in. There's going to be like multiple waves of cards like the Greninja and stuff doing that. So it's kind of easier to predict the really popular, not so expensive cards like Greninja. But yeah, with these other middle tiers and alt arts, it's going to be kind of hard to judge because they, they are rare and a lot more of them are like certain icons and stuff like that. And because it, it will take a long time for us to fully realize like the effects on on the hobby, I think it's going to lead to a nice steady price. Once it eventually become steady in like a year or two or whatever it's going to be like that for a while because people are going to be sending out cards to grade in waves you're going to have a lot yeah the first and then people realize oh they can handle that you'll have another huge wave once they realize psa can withstand it and then afterwards you'll have you'll finally have like more and it's you're just going to have it for for years and years and years and (laughs) yeah and a lot of people will be slowly leaking cards in the grade yeah, and it's I, I think the value to it's going to come down for some sets. It's going to be more affordable. Um, but because of how many secret rares there are, it still might be pricey overall. Um, like gone are the days of being able to collect like base set for like five hundred bucks. You, you're not gonna be able to collect a set like that anytime soon, probably. Um, at least a modern set, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be cool to watch. But, uh, yeah, my, my question was a little more light and semi go related. You know, we talked about TCG and go a lot. Um, and we are kind of seeing a low term as far as interest and prices go and all that. So some would say, you know, the experience is kind of missing, but I, for one think, it's like the best times to collect during this because you're collecting for the right reasons and it's a good time to buy. But uh, just general question though, what's one thing that you would change to make the experience better? And I kind of, I have one thing that would make Pokemon Go experience a little better and then the TCG experience a little better. So do you have um, some things that would make either or better or in general across the board? Or Well, one thing that I could think of right off the top of my head that it's been an issue since this event start becoming a thing is you go somewhere where there's a regional anywhere in the world. When there's an event, it influences the spawns of those regionals. And with the way Pokemon go works is there's like nowadays there's an event, like you got maybe one day, it seems like between events sometimes and that's it. Yeah. And and the way they control the spawns makes it to where, say you're going in Europe and you're going for like what, maybe seven, eight days. You might get one day if you're lucky to actually have no issues trying to catch these regionals. And it just, it's been a very major, it's been an issue since the game, since they began the game began, began doing events um now they make it to where everything is available eventually right but for some of these newer regionals i mean you're talking five years three four yeah. five years before you have a chance to for before there, there's an event for that and it's just frustrating because you know you spent that money you were there it'd be cooler if they had an event at least maybe not like the newest regionals but like up to like gen 5 they had an event where there's raids 
for those Pokemon, and then you can be invited to them. You That's know? cool. Like, yeah, that, that'd be great, where you can get those... Re- I mean, you got to do remote raids. You still got to pay for it, but you know what? You can have these regionals. Yeah, and have um, a way to access them regardless. And the other one is... It's impossible to see kind of the honey grabs that sometimes they have. Sometimes they're preying into individuals' own gambling issues, mainly like they'll have an event over an unknown or something like that. Like for example, let's say Axu. This is this is the most recent one in this past GoFest, right? Well, I know some people that did two or three hundred of these rates, of Axu rates, and Diano was just announced not too much longer as a community day. Well, last year Diano was the shiny you wanted to get more than anything. And they were very, very rare. Some people got two or three. I didn't get any, but I wasn't worried about it because I knew it was, it was it's a pseudo-legendary. It was going to have its own GoFest, or not GoFest, but Community Day. Look, it's happening next week. So, yeah. and then this Axu, while it's not, I don't think it's a pseudo-legendary, um, but it is a two-step Evolve. So it's a clear Community Day candidate. So there, it's going to have its own, own Community Day. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. And, you know, 300, that's like, I forget what, what amount that is, but I mean, Probably it's really time next bucks. year. <laughs> yep, exactly. And it feeds into individuals' like insatiable need to complete all these shinies, be the first one to get these shinies. You got to have the shiny. Oh, FOMO, you know? That's some, some things I would like to see change. Yeah, that was my biggest thing with like leaving go. It's just. The chase and all that, just never ending. But uh, it's always an event, always an event with shine, always a shinies with event hats, and it just becomes never ending, you know. Yeah. But yeah, the the money grab has been obvious, and I I would like to see ways to be able to enjoy it without having to spend a shit ton of money or or crap ton, whatever. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't know. That that's not gonna happen. It's only going more towards the money aspect and it's i don't see that changing yeah one thing that well first the the thing i'd like to change in tcg kind of kind of goes to what we were talking about with rainbow rares they just need to cut out all the clutter they maybe need to like change up the hollow a little bit maybe they could make it like japanese hollow where the border's hollow um I don't know. They just need to figure out some way to like lose the clutter, get rid of all these rainbow rares, you know, reevaluate the the layout. I feel like we're in a good layout right now as far as like the radiant cards or some special hollow and then alt arts. Like that's a good ratio. Like we don't need all this other crap just like thrown in. Um and then you have the gold cards on top of that. So, you know, just kind of like Pokemon Go, just over-cluttered with just stuff and just trying to make the next set pop and pop harder. It's just really, you know, exhausting to see. I can't imagine, like, kids collecting these days. They can't even go after, like, a whole set because it's just way too much. Um, Yeah. But, uh, I agree with that aspect, too. Yeah, that's something I'd like to change with the TCG and, like, YouTubers getting back to, like, info and, 
driven content like that, sharing knowledge, um, which is something I'm hoping to do. But it's like a lot of people are like, what the best card to buy in this new set? It's still, you know, like the investment money mindset. So I'd like to see that change and do more of a deep dive on, you know, escaping the clutter there as well, essentially. Something in Pokemon Go, I mean, this is kind of unique to my experience with like getting back into the game within the last couple months is I wish they would bring back a way to like hunt Pokemon down because being a new account again and like not seeing a lot of Pokemon spawning, it reminded me of the fun back in the early days where you'd see a Pokemon that you haven't saw yet and you want to go hunt it down. And you never really think about that because the majority of the time playing, if you're semi-serious, you've caught all the Pokemon that you've, you know, are new to you and you're just grinding candy. But it'd be really cool if there would be a way where you could like filter certain Pokemon out. Because even the most like veteran players, if they see a Wild Chansey or Blissey especially, like they'd go hunt that down. It'd be, you know, just a nice aspect to the game. And I think they could do that by, like, you could make a setting where you could filter out certain spawns that are spawning in that in that time of event or whatever. And that would be cool to see as well. Yeah. Because, a lot, I mean, I'll, I've had actually a Blissey spawn at my place before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that, that was kind of cool. But uh, I had no, one the I other mean... day where I was, like, driving. And because I haven't caught it on that new account, like, I was... That was on a certain campus here in town, and I was, like, past the campus going the opposite way where I had to cross, like, a major road to get back to it. And I turned around, and I, like, hunted that down, drove to the front of the campus and caught that thing. So it's, like, it's fun to hunt stuff down. And, uh, or even if you could mark certain Pokemon to, like, always show up first on radar. I mean, we're we're to the point now in the game where it's, like, yep. Yeah, People should have the tools to have that. I mean, it's not that big a deal now if someone just starting the game catches a Blissey because everyone else that they're already years behind has one, you know. Mm-hmm. You might as well incorporate something fun like that. I was going to say, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, for the TCG um, less sets in a year. I think now they're trying to do like six sets a year, it seems like. And... I think they're trying to do make as much money as possible, which I guess makes sense from like you know a business perspective. Like I get it, but in doing so, they're decreasing the quality of some of their artwork cards. Uh, not not the all cards, obviously, but like the full set artwork cards. I feel like there's more and more generic artwork. I'm not saying that there still isn't great artwork, and, and there definitely is. But it just seems like more and more sets are being jammed with it. Like, oh, so, now, you know, you'll have, like, maybe two-thirds of the set be eh, and you'll have, like, a third of the set have decent artwork. That's what stuck out with me with Pokemon Go set was the fact that it looked like a lot of the artwork was actually good. Yeah. Which I like to see. Like, one of my biggest thing is the artwork. And obviously I have a very deep connection with this set. But... At the end of the day, that connection and the good artwork makes you want to collect it. If it was crap artwork, I wouldn't want to collect it at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of things they could change. I think, 
you know, we're in a good spot for people collecting more out of enjoyment. But I mean, there's, I think everyone just needs to calm down. <laughs> YouTubers, Pokemon sets, Pokemon Go in general. It's like we just need to get back to the enjoyment and quality of things. Um, yeah, I think if any of the YouTubers that are talking about investing for anything that can be found on the shelves, like people need to wake up. Yeah. People really need to wake up. Like there are lots of sets that aren't going for, for crazy much. I mean, yeah, they might be still going for like, you know, 10,000, but like that's lots of sealed sets that are going for that amount. Like nobody thought those would be worth anything. Now everybody and their mom is doing booster boxes and yeah, there's more interest than ever, but, and it, it will peak with overall volume of people, but I mean, people aren't thinking about that long term. <laughs> Yeah. Very few modern sealed things to collect, and it's pretty much all Japanese Poke Center promo boxes. Yeah. Well, I guess with that, we uh, better head on to the game. I was wondering if we are going to make good time with this one because we talked about Go so much already, but pretty, we are. pretty good right now. So, yeah. yeah, for the game corner, we're doing Who's That Flavor Text once again. And yep. uh feel like it's kind of became a like little fun staple unless we think of some other game. But I like this. It's it's pretty pretty interesting. But uh who shall go first? You wanna go ahead and go first? I think it's been me usually, so Yeah, I'll uh I'll go ahead and go for this one. So this is from a semi recent set, pre hype. But, you know, very close. But it is a Pokemon that we should know. But a very competitive. This Pokemon will chase anything that moves fast in the hopes of racing it. Something that would race. Is it a Duo? No. No. Kinda on the right vibe ish. So it, it, okay. Um, what else is competitive with the racing? Yeah, very competitive. This Pokemon will chase anything that moves fast in hopes of uh, racing it. I'm gonna say it's not a Ponyta, is it? No. no. Getting warmer though. So okay. Uh, is it a Rapidash? It is a Rapidash. Oh, I was able to get it without any hits. Well, I guess the warmer. Yeah. Well, as a hint, but yeah. It's from Flashfire. I was going to say another okay. hint would be like from the it, the anime. You know, it's got a uh, it's got a uh, episode where it's kind of yep. the main theme. It's like a race theme and all that. Business. I thought of Ponyta first, but I was like, no... That might not be it. Yeah, so I went with the duo, and I was like, maybe Pony Tone, so. Yep. That one's from Flashfire. The artwork's kind of, uh, he's standing up with the sun behind him, and his body's kind of casting a shadow, and yeah, pretty cool artwork. All right, what you got for me? So what I got for you is this brutal Pokemon Travels the skies on its six wings. Anything that moves seems like a foe to it, triggering its attack. Rayquaza. 
No. <laughs> On its six wings. Six wings, okay. Maybe a giratina? No, but you are getting a little... <laughs> giratina is Gen 4, isn't it? Yeah, so no, it's not. Yeah. I was thinking like Origin Form. I couldn't remember if it had like certain wings like that or whatnot. But uh, let's see, so it makes me think it's like a a legendary or something. Uh, say it one more time. This brutal Pokemon travels the skies on its six wings. Anything that moves like a foe to it, triggering its attack. It's relevant to Pokemon Go this month. This month and six wings. Uh, I don't know. My mind's drawing a blank. Do you want a hair hit? Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess. It's not a okay. not a scyther, is it? I wouldn't think it'd be a scyther. No, this one might give it away. It's a pseudo legendary. Is it the Hydreigon? Or the... Yeah, I thought. Yeah. yeah, it is. I thought it would. I thought it would give it away. I almost said Godzilla. It's kind of like uh, what was it? Not Mothra, but uh, um, what's yeah. it called? I mean, you you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, Hydreigon, yeah, with the Community Day, that's a pretty good one. I do, I couldn't really have the image of him in my head. I couldn't remember, like, how many wings or if one was, like, an arm or something. Well, it's from Legendary Treasures, too. I know you mentioned it several times. Legendary Treasures, and it's a Kamiya artwork. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, we went we went all over with the, with the Easter eggs and with, 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 with that one. It does have six wings. It's kind of a weird-looking Pokemon. I I never liked the design of him for some reason. Yeah, uh, it's kind of strange. Uh, I think he's he's kind of cool for a pseudo legendary. I still like him, but like he's like probably in terms of the first four pseudo legendaries. Yeah, they probably I would rank him probably all above it, like Titar, Dragonite, uh, Metagross. Uh, what's the Gen Four pseudo legendary? Is it um? Uh, Gen blank. 4. I'm drawing a blank right now on that one. Uh, let me look at Gen 4. I know it's not. What there is that? Black and white? No, it's, uh, that's Gen 5. Oh, Diamond Pearl. I yeah. guess it's, uh... Oh, the Reggies? No, it's not the Reggies. It's, uh... Sinnoh region. They had like a bunch of random ones, I feel like. Like they didn't have like a true like three of all form. They had like a lot of like special of all forms in that gen. Like they had new Eevees and like new Sinnoh. Oh, duh. It's Garchomp. Yeah, I guess Garchomp would be one. It's Garchomp. Yeah, yeah. See, all four of them uh, would, I would rank all four of those ahead of Hydrogen. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Garchomp is one. I mean, he's pretty, pretty powerful. I would actually I use him I, in the games. I, I like, forgot about him. I was you, just trying to think. I was like, "What is it? What is it?" <laughs> he would be so OP in the like actual Game Boy games. Like, I'd have a Tyranitar go out, and it would call Sandstorm, and Garchomp and Sand is like 
way over OP, like even more speedy. <laughs> but yeah, well, I guess that pretty much does it for the episode, you know. Um, don't think we have a topic pick out for next time just yet, but we'll let you know on all our socials, which can be found yeah. below. We're kind of trying to see if maybe there'll be any big news announced or something. Um, but yeah. uh, we have a few ideas, like always. We just we got like three usually, and we'll just kind of pick one from those three if there if there is anything topical yeah. like this one was. Maybe kind of good to play it more by ear, like. You know, I feel like when we do announce something the week, you know, we're only recording two weeks apart. So it's like there could be so much that changed before then. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll just kind of leave it at that and let you know on our socials, which you should follow down below. But uh, with that, I guess we'll just see you all on the next one, right? Yeah, episode 10. We officially passed Star Wars. <laughs> all right, y'all. We'll see you then. Peace. Bye.